Hello. Welcome to Raising Me. I'm Adrienne Stein, a longtime journalist and a mom of three. This is a podcast for all of us parents who are really trying the best that we can to figure this out. I know we're nailing it sometimes, but probably just as many times we're stumbling and bumbling through it. So here we take parenting challenges right to the experts for advice. Today, we are talking about how to motivate our kids to get moving, get some exercise. Have you ever felt like you were literally asking your child to move a ton of bricks when really you just are trying to get them out of the house, off the devices, you know, moving, exercising, playing? I can see and feel the eye rolls and the ugh, mom, all that now. I also get it because not every kid loves sports or wants to kick the ball around outside for hours, right? But we still need the exercise and the movement for mental and physical health. So what do we do? We are talking about how to motivate movement with Dr. Christy Perkowski, who is going to help us navigate what really can be a battle. She's a mom of three and a pediatrician, and she still struggles with this. So we're gonna learn some simple strategies to get them off their screens, and to get moving. Also, there's some pro advice for us parents in here too. Dr. Perkowski, I am so glad that you are here with us for this conversation. You're not just coming to us as a physician, you're a mom with three kids. You know the challenges of getting our kids out and moving as much as anybody. Oh, I most certainly do. Yes, my I have three sons. They're seven, nine, and 11. The struggle is real because I know how much happier they are and how much smoother our evenings go and our household functions when these kids are out and about and getting their energy out and all the things that we know help our children to really be their best. But there are just so many conflicting things to making that happen sometimes. And I really do understand that. I I love the headline, The Struggle is Real. Because it is, and here we even have our physician friend who is having the same struggle that we are. Why can it be so challenging to get kids motivated to get moving physical activity, whether it's out of the house or in the house? And it's not all kids. Like, I don't want to put a blanket statement on it, but I think most kids, at least at some points, struggle with this. You know, I think children and and adults and their parents, and I think that the way our lives are right now is that the default is not to be active without making a plan and having intentional movement in our days. It won't happen with the way most of our jobs are and children that are off to school and and sitting for most of the day at school. And then in the evening have parents that have to make dinner and get things done and can't necessarily facilitate activity with their kids. It's, it's the kind of thing that isn't going to happen by accident. It has to be intentional. That's a great point. And does it feel like there is less unstructured time than ever before? I mean, I, I kind of feel like growing up, like you would just go outside and you didn't know what you were doing or who you would find or what you would end up doing out there. That doesn't happen so much with my kids. And, and maybe, you know, I'm sure many people have other experiences as well, but It is that unstructured play that I think we lack today. 
It's true. It's true. And I think that, you know, we live in Maine and it's a cold, long, dark winter here. And I think that we're just restricted sometimes by daylight and temperature and it's changing all the time. And so I think that that's tricky too, because what you're going to gravitate towards during the summer months or during the winter months will, will vary. So it's not even something that you can just fall back on. It's something that will depend on the day-to-day circumstances and and you know our own work-life balance to make sure that our kids can get out there. Well, and there's distractions. I mean, let's think about screens and video games. It's those like it's a constant battle or it can be a constant battle and those are designed to keep you engaged with a screen or a video game. The battle is somewhat more challenging too. Yes, we know that these this technology, these screens, and there's there's new things all the time. So just when you think that your kid has exhausted their video game or, or whatever they're into, there's something new. And so we're battling that as well. And so I think that one strategy that parents could employ, especially if they feel like their child's default is to go to their screen or to go to their video game, is to sit with their child and make a list of all the things they like to do. And it's okay. It doesn't, we're not asking them to list active things. We're asking them to just list the things that they like to do. And you're prepared for the fact that watching their tablet or playing a game on their tablet or playing their video game is going to be on that list. And then what you could do is review that list with your child and say, aha, here's a couple of movement activities or activities that'll get them moving and maybe capitalize on that. But if the list really is a lot of sedentary and screen activities, you start brainstorming about ways to make them active. So if your child is really into their video game, there are some pretty active video games, some that I've played with my own children that can definitely get your heart rate up and get you breathing heavy, which is what we're going for, is activity that is enough to get you breathing harder than usual, your heart rate higher than usual, and breaking a sweat if if that happens to happen as well. Let's talk about some of the the benefits just is, and it's beyond physical. It is there are mental health benefits to get our kids physically active. It's true and this has been studied. It's been studied in early childhood and it's been studied in adolescence as well that having kids that are engaged in these movement activities, it helps self-confidence it helps stress and anxiety, it helps mood all around. And so certainly there's a lot of challenges with mood in adolescence today. And and I I don't want to suggest that exercise is the only only solution to that, but it can certainly be a piece of it. And I think that parents know how good they feel. You know, if you're somebody that does like to go for a run or go to the gym or get on their bike, you know that you feel good afterwards. And so our kids feel better afterwards too. This is, I would imagine, an age-dependent question, but how, approximately how much physical activity, were you talking about, you know, shortness of breath and like really getting after it, how much physical activity should kids have per day? So it depends on their age. So actually, physical activity starts in infancy. When your baby is first born, you might remember your doctor encourages tummy time, right? That time where they are on their play mat and they're, you know, trying to pick up their head. Like that is the first physical activity a child will ever have. And I think that a lot of times for 
safety reasons, parents will put their child in a swing or have their child in like an infancy. And of course, there's a place and a time for all of those things. But allowing your infant to be in a place where they can freely move is actually really important. And they're developing those gross motor skills from the very beginning. And so, you know, I really think that parents, especially parents of babies and young children, think of that as their physical activity. And a lot of parents ask me about tummy time, how long? As long as they're into it, you know, it's clear when your baby's done, <laughs> you know, when they're, yeah, they're just, I remember that well, but as they get a little bit older, even times like, you know, after you've changed their diaper, if you help them pull to a sitting position that works on some of their gross motor skills and, you know, hold, propping them up and letting them bear weight with their legs and all of these things are really their early physical activity. So that would be during infancy. Between the ages of one and three, the American Academy of Pediatrics recommends at least 60 minutes of unstructured play. We were just talking about unstructured and an additional 30 minutes a day of structured play, which they say would be an adult is directly engaging the child. So that would depend on how old the child is, but rolling a ball back and forth or chase me in the backyard sort of activity, you know, something where they're directly engaged in the play. And they also recommend no longer than 60 minutes of sedentary activity. So getting up and moving often. And actually, most parents, if they have a child between the ages of one and three, they're thinking, my child wouldn't sit for 60 minutes. Because these kids know, their bodies know they need to move. They're acquiring so many new developmental skills during that age. They want that. And so it's our job to, to facilitate an outlet for that so they can do it. I always say to parents, it's fascinating how a 15-month-old insists on using a utensil. They insist on using the spoon, even though it would be so much easier if they just pick their food up with their hands. And it's because their bodies know they need to acquire that skill. So the same goes for the physical activity and the gross motor development. They're going to seek it out. So it's important for us to be ready for that and for allowing for those opportunities. Allowing being the key. So those are the youngest of, of the kids. What about when you move into more like preschool and elementary school-aged kids? Yeah. So the older preschool kids, the three to five-year-olds, it's similar to the one to three-year-olds, including the structured time every day. So that's where you might, if your community has these opportunities, look into like a top soccer or like tumbling and gymnastics kinds of things. That's the age group where you can start getting into some of those things. And an emphasis should always be placed on just fun and skill development, really not, nothing focused in competition at those really young ages. And then between five and, and the teenage years, the recommendation for activity is at least 60 minutes a day with at least three days a week where the activity is considered vigorous. So where you can only talk in a few words at a time, like you're short of breath, like you're working out, you're breaking a sweat at least. So 60 minutes, at least three days a week and at least 60 minutes, you know, per day. Some parents are going to hear that and say, wait, what? So it can be cumulative. That sounds really overwhelming. Like what, you know, seven-year-old is going to, you know, sustain right. minutes. So it's cumulative. And we think of it in at least 10 minutes at a time for it to be particular. Listen, any movement is important. But, you know, if you could break it into 10-minute blocks, that that actually totally works. And so these are things that can benefit parents too. 
if you want to park the car a little bit further away, if you want to make taking the stairs the default, like that's what we do in our family. We don't ride the elevator. We take the stairs. Let's get up the stairs. Let's see how fast we can get up these stairs. Or Because you know, getting up the stairs, you you get short of breath. You know that you're, yeah. you're climbing the stairs. So those are ways to start piecing it together. During the school age years, they are, at least during elementary school, having recess time. And you could ask your child, what do you do during recess? Just to help you understand what what sort of activity they're getting during the school day. Are they running up and down the, the play set and going up and down the slide? Or are they doing a quieter, maybe more sedentary activity? It would be important to know that as you're trying to figure out, okay, am I getting, you know, is my child getting in the activity that we recommend every day? I think in elementary school, they are very good about having recess. I do worry having a, a child both in middle school and one in high school, like they do play sports. So they're getting activity, uh, you know, sports and, and activity and in that way. But when they don't have sports, like technically there's an outdoor time at middle school, but it's hardly a recess where kids are running around and doing different things. They kind of walk in the field. So I do worry a little bit when kids get older, what kind of advice or strategies might you have for parents of middle and and high school students specifically? So I think that the activity that they're more more likely to do is the activity that that interests them. So I, like I said, if starting with a list of things they like to do and then trying to capitalize on that would be a great place to start. Parents know their children best. Some children thrive on competition. It'd be really fun for them to be on a team or have the opportunity to to race against other children or that that would be very motivating to them. Not all kids are motivated by competition, especially ones that really haven't done this sort of activity in the past. And so I think it would be a conversation with your child. Like in our family, movement is really important. We know that the best way to build the healthiest body starts with this sort of activity. And we're going to find things that either you can do as a family, or maybe you could engage with their friends. You know, exercise can be very social. And I think that, you know, having, I don't want to call it an accountability partner. I think that's what adults do, but having someone that can, that can enjoy the, the fitness with you or enjoy the movement with you would really help adolescents who are so driven by, you know, social opportunities. But not everybody is. It can vary day by day. Like I have had days where I'm like, okay, nice day, everybody outside. And then other, and they go. And then others where it's like, oh my gosh, there's such resistance to it. So how can we best handle resistance when the kids would much rather just play a video game or just hang out inside or whatever the activity might be? It's hard. I mean, I think that you can't take an all or nothing approach. You know, we're all going to have good days and bad days. And I think that sometimes if you remind your child how good you feel when it's done, like, you know, remember last week, you really didn't want to take that walk around the neighborhood or, you know, but then you came back and you actually told me you felt great. I think reminding them about how once they get going, we know this too. Sometimes getting started is the hardest thing. If people have a dog, sometimes that's really motivating. Go out and walk the dog. Or can you, could you give me a hand? Could you go out and get the mail? Or could you grab the barrels? Or, you know, something to give a little purpose behind it sometimes might be helpful. And then it's like we always say, just start with one step and then, and then take what you can get and go from there. 
I was going to mention that too, that there have been times I'm like, five minutes. You just need to go outside for five minutes. And then 30, 40 minutes later is when they end up coming in. I totally agree with that. Sometimes actually starting with really small goals that are achievable helps you feel that success. Like, hey, I said I was going to work out for 10 minutes a day this week and I did it. I think that for depending on the age of the child, if you wanted to do some sort of a pediatricians love reward charts, you know, some sort of like, hey, if I meet my goal every day, you know, I'm going to reward myself with an experience with my parent or some, something that would be special for achieving that goal. That's a good point because I, I did have a question on tying it to an activity like, and we keep bringing up video games because that's obviously a, a so sometimes feels like a, just a natural competition there. But what are your thoughts on tying it to something that they want to do like play a video game? Like if you go outside and run around the house for 30 minutes, then you get 30 minutes on the Wii or Switch or whatever the thing is. <laughs> P- parents tell me that works for lots of for lots of families that screen time is not a, an automatic it's something that's earned and that and that helps their family keep a balance. We balance our sedentary activities like watching screens and our activity with one one for one. And if that works for your family, I think that's fine. I think that that might be trickier. You never want it to feel punitive. I I don't think that motivates children when you're taking something away. So I think that that would depend on the child and what motivates the child. Yeah, that's a that's a good point. You know, I think there is room for personal reflection here. You mentioned that you know your family is very motivated by movement, but how do we look at ourselves as parents and setting a good example for kids? This doesn't necessarily mean you need to go out and run three miles three times a week, but what are some of the things that we can do to set those examples for our kids? I mean, our children are always watching. You know this as soon as you become a parent and you hear certain things you've said be repeated by your child. I mean, our children are, they are watching all the time and they are internalizing these things. If they see active parents and they see parents moving, they're just going to think that that is normal. And this has been studied. They've looked at studies where they see how, and this has been done all over the world, where they look at how active the parents are and how active the children are. And there's a direct correlation, especially the mother and how active the mother is. Yeah. How so? The amount of movement the mother was doing was more directly correlated than the father in some of these studies, you know, but I think that across the board, they saw that there was a direct correlation between active parents and active children. And I think when you think about the guidelines that I was talking about before with the structured play, so that requires a parent to be engaging with the child, running around the backyard, playing tag, throwing a ball, you know, so it, a lot of times to keep our kids moving, it requires us to be moving. I think, too, one takeaway is that, look, not every kid is going to love sports or want to be in a competitive situation, but just finding some way to move. Is it riding a scooter up and down the street or taking a walk with the dog, like you suggested, jumping on the trampoline? Or I think our minds so often go to sports and that's the physical, the main physical activity for kids, but it doesn't have to be that for because not every kid wants to be a part of a team or they've tried it and it's just not for them. And that's okay. 
When the American Academy of Pediatrics gives recommendations about physical activity in children, they talk about variety, that it's not specializing in one sport or one activity and hyper-focusing on that and developing just that. It's variety. So if you made that part of your family's what are, what new, are we going to try a new sport this week? Are we going to try, you know, it's summer. What are we going to try that we've never tried before, you know, and making it a family activity? I think that that can be really motivating, especially for kids that are just not inclined to join a team and, and do it that way. So if there was one takeaway from today, thinking about getting our kids motivated to move and whatever that might look like, what would that be? I think I want parents to understand how how important it is to keep their kids moving. You know, like we talked about with some of the mental health benefits, like the self-esteem and the decreased anxiety and depression. One thing that we didn't touch on that I wanted to say was that during the adolescent years is when you're really building a lot of the bone density that you're going to have for the rest of your life. So it's during and after puberty when you're really building your skeleton. And so much of the movement that we're doing, any of that, we call it weight-bearing activity, that does not mean lifting weights. That means moving your own body weight. So anything that involves running, jumping, skipping, you know, all of those things really help to build strong bones that will serve them for the rest of their lives. So it's not, yeah, so it's, you know, there's effects of activity during the childhood years that, that will affect you for the rest of your life positively. Wow. That is great context there. Dr. Perkowski, thank you so much for joining us. I, I want to mention, too, to our listeners that we'll have more resources on our website about this very topic. It's wgme.com slash raising me. Thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, thanks for having me, Adrian. Good to know we're not alone here. As Dr. Perkowski said in the beginning, we live in a time when the default is not to be active. We've got to be intentional with all this. And admittedly, while movement and exercise is really something that my husband and I value in our house, we have work to do, especially when it's not a sports season. Also, a bit of a wake-up call that activities in adolescence builds bone density for the rest of their lives. I've already used that little fun fact on my 11-year-old. Now, I got some eye rolls, but I think it's a really good point, and I know it's sinking in. I think it's sinking in. Anyway, we are making that list of things we like to do and figuring out what on that list gets us moving as individuals and as a family. Thank you so much for listening to Raising Me. I'm Adrienne Stein. This episode is edited by Megan Littlefield and produced with Nate Eldridge. Please follow Raising Me wherever you get your podcasts and help others to find this message with a positive rating and review. We really appreciate that. Wherever you are, I hope you learned something new and get to take a little time for you.